Hey there, welcome to the Night Force Action Report. It's Wow, it's going to be a good show. That's what it's going to be. Because <laughs> it's uh, episode number 127 for Tuesday, December 3rd, 2019. I'm your host, Justin Lacey. No regrets. We're not we're not restarting this because I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Ryan Billingsley. As always, it's good to be here. Well, it took you. I have spoken. <laughs> Check. We've <laughs> gotten through most of the intro, except for the part where I was supposed to say this is the show where... We take a look back at what's had our attention in the video game industry for the past week. Uh, we're coming at you live, Twitch TV slash Horrible Night on Monday nights at 10 Eastern. You can catch the show on HorribleNight.com through your favorite podcast app on Tuesdays. Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, all that. Uh, that's where you can share it and review it and support the show. Uh, before we get into video games, though, Ryan, what's been going on? So I've been uh, doing my preparatory... Prepar- Preparatory. Mm-hmm. I can't say that word. Uh, Star Wars watch um, for the end of the saga this year, um, but for the very first time, I am watching it with my children. Uh, we breezed through four, five, and six. Loved it. All I heard was Star Wars is the greatest. We awesome. love it. It's so great. Let's let's uh, can we pause there for a second, just because we haven't really. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I just. Uh, I don't know. Every time. You reintroduce that original series to a new group of people. Like, you got to wonder, like, is it still as timeless as we think? And it's still holding up, huh? It really does. Yeah. I mean, they were just, they were totally into it. I would say, Mm -hmm. I think, well, modifications aside, which I still have McClunky. Yes. Huge problems with four, five, and six hold up better than one, two, and three do. Yeah, in in what less obvious way are you getting at? Like, obviously, story-wise and all that, but just... No, I mean, practical visually? effects okay. versus going hard in on green screen when it was still kind of that, not that, ready for prime time. That late 20th century there are some There are some shots where they're in a complete 3D environment, and it looks bad. Ah. And so there is something about doing proper sets and in practical effects that like like yoda looks better in four five and six than he does in one two and three like without a doubt sure uh so yeah so we got through four five and six uh my daughter my oldest daughter um came down on the uh, right side of history and said that empire is her favorite and i was like you're definitely my kid you know it <laughs> you know the the good stuff um so then we watched uh one and two um they liked one because one is a kid's movie and they're kids and Mm -hmm. so i was like yep you should enjoy this um they liked all the hijinks and they liked the pod racing they thought that was fun Um, uh, does does jar jar land at that point does he like i mean he's a kid's character does it even work yeah there was there was definitely some of the slapstick stuff that they thought was funny and they laughed at um they did not really say a whole lot about two and I don't blame them because that movie is just kind of all over the place. Like mm. it's, it's flat. It's yeah, it's flat, but there's so much happening, but there's just like, none of it feels like it matters at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't really sell home the whole, like this is starting a war that's going to rage on for forever and like affect all these people. And people are still going to talk about the clone wars like long after they're done, but whatever. So then we got to episode three and I'd been worried about it basically the entire time because 
one and two don't really prepare you for where three is gonna go. It's um, like because Anakin goes through a lot in between two and three. Like he is a just a different person when three starts. Yeah, it's a fast turn. Like mm. like they give you brief glimpses of it. But he comes off so whiny in two that you're not you you're not still mm-hmm. thinking like oh well he's going to become he comes across a as a teenager. maniac he comes across as yeah, a teenager exactly yeah. exactly um so yeah we we did not get through three um they when he basically like right at the point where he turns um and cuts Mace Windu's hands off uh my my youngest she's a little bit younger. Mm-hmm. Um, she's two years younger than her older sister. She was just like, I don't, I don't like this. I don't watch this anymore. And I'm like, okay, like yep. no problem. And honestly, we'll go back to it someday. But like it real, like the thing that killed me about it is like, it really doesn't matter. You already know mm-hmm. he becomes Darth Vader. You know, what happens to him. Like you already know the conclusion of his story. So like you saw enough to know he's going to become a really bad guy and then have his redemption moment. And the next movie has nothing to do with it at all. So um, it was fine. I was, I, I was, I didn't bother me and I was excited because I think they're going to love The Force Awakens. I think that's just going to be their jam. They've been so excited to see Ray this whole time. So, because, yeah, why at that age, why would you want to watch that turn? Like, we, right. you know, we had a, a gap in time of like, yes, I would like more star Wars and why not feel the fine. Well, go on this ride. But in the order that you watched it, like, yeah, I don't, I don't need to see the actual turn, which is to me, the, probably the most damning criticism of the prequels of like watching they, them they in, in, not in that condensed. Yeah. Just like watching them yeah. in that condensed setting of like, no, I don't need this. So it was like, yeah. this was never necessary. Uh, that's, that's- uh, it's funny that you mentioned that though. That I think is the single weirdest thing about this for me is the idea of like we didn't even have it as bad as the people who watched the original trilogy in theaters when it came out. But like there was a long time between like we had to wait for the prequels to come out in the nineties and wait I forgot it was like I feel like it was a couple of years between movies. It wasn't like the rapid pace that we are used to today. Um, so we had to wait for all of these Star Wars movies to come out. And then after episode three, we had to wait a very long time to come back to go all to recover. Yeah, true. Um, but they're getting this like once a week Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it's super weird that like, you're not even, they're like, they don't have the same buildup that I had for the force awakens. Like, like having all of the hope in the world that it could be good and being so afraid that it was going to crush me and be bad. And then <laughs> being so happy that it was really good. <laughs> like, like they're not going to have any of that. Cause like, they've already kind of seen advertisements for it when it was coming out. So like they know, they know who Ray is. Mm-hmm. So like, they're kind of like already invested in that regard, but yeah, it's very, so, it's so, very strange to do it. So that doesn't scare you at all for the, the new movie. And well, I, I'm, so I, Anna is coming with me and we're going to go with you mm-hmm. and uh, your special friend mm-hmm. and we're going to go see it before they get to okay, see that's it. Okay. So I point. told them like, that's the deal. I have to see this movie before you do because I don't know what's going to happen mm-hmm. and I don't want you freaking out in the middle of a movie theater and then we have to like leave or something. I've, so. just, I've just seen some online cheerleaders hoping that uh, certain characters go bad and <laughs> I was just like, yeah. I don't think that's a possibility, but like. Man, yeah. that would be. Uh, I don't know yeah. where they're going either. Uh, be a hard one to explain to them. Yeah, because yeah, that 
what you what you kind of said about the way that they're watching it. I've seen a lot of conversations online, which I'll talk to. I'll talk more directly about in, in a minute about comparing the release schedule of the Mandalorian and the Watchmen and the conversations that happen each week in between episodes and how that's just not you know that's just not possible when you release everything at once and it, it's you know uh, a binging show and how. Uh, if you don't let some of the stuff breathe, you can't really do comedies right, or you can't do other shows right. And I'm just sitting there just like, like, did we not like just get done praising Netflix for a bunch of their shows, at least like tw- two of them a year that come out in that format of just like, it was, it was just a weird thing to see them damning like these bit, these binge releases hmm. and then praising like, you know what we should do weekly episodes. Like it's some <laughs> novel new thing. And, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like you're just missing you're making the point that like it depends on the show is really what the release schedule should be because uh, it works for some doesn't work for others and uh I'm enjoying the conversations in between that but uh before we got off of Star Wars proper um like you said we're we're going to go see Rise of Skywalker together um been uh rewatching some of these with my girlfriend because she hasn't watched them in a while and her trajectory of the series was uh, watched the original trilogy as a kid, as we all did. Loved it. Saw episode one. Wanted nothing to do with Star Wars ever again, which <laughs> is probably the route we all should have taken. Yeah, um, seriously. So, you know, when I threw out, like, you know, we should rewatch Star Wars, she's, it's very much like, I didn't know where the resistance was coming from, but it's totally, much, totally, she doesn't want to watch the prequels. And once I kind of mm. figured that out, I was like, we don't, no, we don't have to, we can exist in a world where those so, don't happen. So did she not watch um, The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi in right. theaters? Yeah. She wow. Had. So that was the thing. I was like, we want to get up to that point. So, yeah. Because uh, she's open to that and she's going to go to this movie and it's like, well, you need to see these other two. So at bare minimum, You've seen the original trilogy, so we can just jump in with Force Awakens if you want to. She's like, ah, oh, let's kind of get warmed up, and which was, let's watch the original trilogy. And it's like, but if we do that, can we go watch Rogue One? Because I think, it's still always on the fence with it, I think it's my favorite Star Wars movie. Now, I'm not saying it's the best, but it's the one that I enjoy the most, for whatever reason. Uh, uh, all of them? Yeah, I, for what, it, like, right now where I'm at, yes. it's It's oh, got wow. a little bit of everything for me, so. I really enjoy it, but. It's, I don't it's know. No empire. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so we've watched we watched Rogue One and she really liked it. Uh, really liked great the, movie. K two K two is just phenomenal. I just noticed different things in that movie. I didn't. I think it's because I didn't like it all that much when I first saw it. I was really frustrated with it. Mm-hmm. But the more I've like gotten time away from it, every time I go back, I notice new things. Like no, I can appreciate what they did here. Like I, I felt like I thought it was going to be something different. I thought it was going to be a little bit more uh, rebellious, I guess. And, mm-hmm. but uh, it's, I, I don't know. There's just something about going back to that era, having that old technology that it that looks like, you know, seventies practical effects, but also telling this story where, you know, you kind of get to the end. You're like, Oh, Oh shit. <laughs> and, uh, um, and then we jumped right into watching a new hope, which was really fun. I hadn't done that. I hadn't like gone back to back with that. So that's cool because she appreciated just how much that leads right into that movie. And so we just kept going and that was super fun. So, uh, that's awesome. yeah, so we're going to knock out the next four, uh, in the next couple of weeks, but, nice. uh, those will be easy watches for sure. So, um, in the meantime, I have been struggling 
to stay caught up with other shows and sports in a way that basically either Mandalorian has a new episode, Watchmen has a new episode, or I'm behind on some sporting event because actually it was due to live wrestling that, that threw me in my funk because there's like six or nine hours of pro wrestling the weekend before that basically made it so I couldn't go on the internet until I got caught up on everything. It just built up this <laughs> backlog of like, I'm just dodging all like, cause everybody wants to post Mandalorian memes and I'm scared to death of just like, which of these are real? Which of these are fake? Which of these are actually telling me something I don't know? Uh, and then all the Watchmen spoilers are just so are like, uh, cryptic. I don't even know what's happening and I don't want to infer things. And, uh, I finally got caught up, but it was, it's been an exhausting two weeks. It's just like, I can't, I can't fall behind because of these, these weekly releases rather than like, there was almost like a buffer zone when Netflix drops an entire series. Like you got a couple weeks and it's kind of under your yeah, own cause control. I feel like people make that, they make that assumption of like, well, not everybody's going to binge at the same rate. So you <clears> kind of like people who just want to post reactions have like this built in buffer they don't realize, but with the weekly shows, it's like the minute that show is over. Which works for the HBO shows because you know when they're going live. Yeah. And maybe I haven't looked this up, but but the Mandalorian episodes are dropping like in the middle of the night. It's not like right. a it's not like a nine thirty appointment viewing where Yeah. Like I it's and I, I think I kinda need that. Like if we're gonna do this weekly thing, let's 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 set up some you know, Thursday night Star Wars time or something because yeah, um, when it drops in the middle of the night, I can't check the internet the next the entire next day because I can't watch it until I get home the next day at the earliest. Right, it's super yeah. weird. It's 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 a very uh, it's a very bizarre thing, and like even like I don't know. I, I'm curious how, what you think of this. I don't really think Mandalorian benefits a ton from being a weekly release show like i think it's good for people to like be talking about disney plus on a regular basis during the launch and they need that but as far as shows that do well um like you could have dropped them all and i could have watched them all and been like yep that was awesome i love that yeah i would have um i would prefer to burn through that show for sure yeah um but but i definitely do think it's worked well for hbo shows in the past i haven't been watching watchmen um, there's actually a couple of HBO shows yeah. I need to catch yeah. up on. They'll, they'll pile up on you if you're not careful, but, um, yeah, HBO kind of has that, that history and they handle it. They handle it well. Like it's almost an expectation and, and Mandalorian's like not one or the other. And, uh, yeah, I, because I don't have that appointment where we all are there to go live and it's in the middle of the night. Like it's just, yeah. um, I think that's one of the things that HBO has done super well, too, is it's not just that it comes on 10 o'clock on TV. It's 10 o'clock on the streaming platforms as well. So, Mm -hmm. like, it's like they've done a really good job of, like, literally no matter how you're consuming the show, everybody is doing it at the same time. Um, And it really does work well for their format. And for for social, like, for, like, the conversation kind of carrying over. And Mandalorian's just fucking dangerous because it's also doesn't i mean they're probably loving how memeable it is even though they're also trying to take some of that shit down but like it you just wonder like once disney plus gets established a bit is this going to be the norm or are they gonna like i said do either or either drop them all at once or give me like a normal prime time viewing uh 
schedule where we can all agree when we can talk about this show. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The uh, people aren't following the rules because there are no rules with Disney Plus. <laughs> so uh, what's going on around Horrible Nights? Uh, we've got Night Force Action Report, like I said, every every week. Next week, uh, Horrible Month for Video Games returns as we look at the games of November. Um, and then no Ho Night game night this week. We've got, I've got some conflicts. Actually, you and Coop might be able to pull it off if you want to plan ahead. Um, cause it's, no, never mind. He will be in town. Never mind. He's traveling <laughs> as well. Um, sorry about that. Uh, so we will pick that up again. I think we've got, uh, we've, we've got game night next week and the following week. And then it's the, it's the holidays. So, um, just uh we've got the schedule updated on our Twitch channel. That's the best place to kind of stay um up to date on that. And we will also post a Twitter when we go live. So it's the easiest way to follow along with what we're playing. I've pretty much just Rocket League at this point because we got a new season starting, we've got a new Rocket Pass, and I don't know, everything else is uh I saw Doctor Disrespect. I just wait. He's just ready for something new to play. And I feel yeah. like there's a little, little bit of that building up in the multiplayer space. So, yep. um, but that takes us to game time, figure out what we've been playing. Um, uh, we'll start with you, but I will, uh, I will kind of open this with, I finished star Wars Jedi, Jedi fallen order. That's all I'm going to say for now. Take it away. <laughs> I, I think I'm close. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I know where you I'm, are I'm, then. <laughs> I'm I'm hoping that it isn't like a dummy and that it's going to be like, just kidding, you've got, you know, another mm-hmm. five hours ago or whatever. Uh, oh my gosh, I got my ass handed to me last night over and over and over and over again. Um, did you, did you, did you drop it down? Did you? No, I didn't drop it down. I walked away <laughs> and said, I need to go to bed. This is ridiculous. Uh, no, I'm determined to not because I below this is like the like adventuring mode and I'm just <laughs> I'm not doing that. So I I will I will be victorious. I'm gonna come out of this one a winner. Um it just it like it's it's just one of those things. It's like it kind of reminds me of Josh Lee last year and his battle with Celeste of I love it so much. Why is it so damn hard? Uh yeah, it's I do. I, I mean, I, I truly do love this game and like got like hit, a, hit a moment in it that, um, just really like put me over the moon. Like I enjoyed everything up until that point. And then that like beyond that point, I was just like, Oh my gosh, like, yeah, I don't want this to end. Um, it's, it's just really, really good. But the, the boss fights, you know, they're they, real, man. They don't pull their punches and every single one of the named boss fights sans, a couple of bounty hunters that I fought that I just absolutely like, like destroyed. Those are cool. Those are cool though. When they they're show cool. up, yeah, they're really cool. It's just surprising when you're just like, oh wow, I am just absolutely trashing you guys because every single other name boss fight has been tough I, and taken me a couple of goes. Some of the later bounty hunters, or at least them showing up in later scenarios, like uh, really threw me off. At one point, I was like, I thought I was on my way to like a. a you know, a major fight and then two of those guys drop in and I'm like, Oh man, this is, this is crazy. This, I could get into this. And they, they destroyed me because I wasn't, 
I thought they were just regular a regular enemy, and then I realized, oh shit, it's a bounty hunter fight, and I just was thrown off in the beginning and got wrecked. And then I came back, and they're they're not there the next time. And I was like, oh, oh, because <laughs> yeah, if you lose if you lose the bounty hunters, they go away. Oh, so um, but I thought it was like I thought it was scripted. I thought like, oh, well, this is this is really cool that they're kind of being interrupted this way. And it's like, no, it's just kind of random. They just show up when they show up. But uh, yeah, I ran into a couple of them in a place where I had already had a name boss fight. Mm -hmm. So the name boss was gone, but then they were there instead, which was, that was fun. Um, yeah, yeah, I've got about a 50% uh, success rate with those guys. (laughs) Yeah. They they do catch me off. I think, I think that system could be really blown out and be really fun, but, but I don't know. I like, I, I like the momentum of this game a lot. Yeah. So yeah, I'm not sure I would change. There was only like, there's only like one moment where I didn't fully un- like, I think it was like the first time where I, I was on a planet and did the thing that they were asking me to do. And they're like, okay, well nothing we can do about it for now. So let's just go somewhere else. And I was like, what the hell? Like you're telling me I'm supposed to be doing this thing, but I just have to come back at some, and like, it, it was just like a, like the, the Metroidvania had mm-hmm. not quite clicked in my head. And then also <laughs> I was like, yeah. Oh, it, I see what we're doing here. Then it literally okay. Gandalf's up there saying you can you shall not pass. Like no, yeah. literally, you can't make this jump. Yes. See you see you later. Uh, see you later. <laughs> yeah, it does kind of beat you over the head with that, but I'm I'm fine with it because I don't know, like I I've seen a lot of criticism of about like how many different genres it borrows from and also that like it never goes a hundred percent uh in any of the in, in any of those directions, it's like the you know the Uncharted fans have things to pick about, the Dark Souls fans have things to pick about, the Metroidvania fans have things to pick about. It's like it's not trying to be just one of those. It right. like it's just taking the general stuff that that helps. Like I said, I love the momentum of this game and what it borrows from. Like it's not. I saw somebody complain <laughs> complaining that uh, the combat is weak because you only have the one weapon. And that's why, like, Dark Souls is so much better because you have all these different weapons that you can use and it's different every time. I was like, they're not trying to do that, man. It's just trying to be a lightsaber game. You're a Jedi. Like, come on. (laughs) It's it's like, you don't want it to actually be 100% Dark Souls and they didn't want it to be that either. Like, That's why I like it. If it was 100% Dark Souls, I would hate this game. Right. Like, I love the, the Uncharted moments that break up the tough combat moments that then you know you gain the new like like because i love a good metroidvania so Mm -hmm. like those things i love like i love every time you find some new trick that you know like it clicks like oh this is the thing i can use to do that like like i love those those feelings those are good feelings so and i got real excited like when i kept getting stuff i was like oh i'm gonna go back to pagano because I felt like I had a real good grasp of that level. Because I mean, it's one of the smaller ones, but like I was ready to 100% that one. Like I was like, yeah, I was like, I'm not going to do this to everyone, but I'm going to go find everything on this one. And I don't know that adventuring was was fun to me. So, um, yeah, I uh, I really liked the last act of that game. Um, had a good good ride with it, and had four or five moments where I was just like, I need to I need to drop this difficulty. Didn't do it. I pushed through, <laughs> oh, nice made it job. happen. You can do it too. I'm not saying I, I think they did a really great job with the difficulty settings because I think everybody's able to enjoy the game and mm-hmm. they've been very open about that. Um, but 
you know, it also lets me play my way. And like sometimes when you pull when you pull stuff off at that, and you, and you didn't, you didn't give in. Uh, it's personal satisfaction stuff, but I felt pretty good. So nice. Um, also been going through our list. We made our uh, our please plays list last week, which confused some people. Yeah. That we the, it didn't go over quite the way I thought it was going to go. Over. Yeah, the games we left out were uh, we thought kind of obvious selections. I don't think horrible night that we need to convince any of you to buy control because most of you own it. Uh, but anyway, I was going through that list and um had some time on the Switch. I've been playing Pokemon, but um. I've gotten into a groove with Luigi's Mansion 3 that I realized, like, um, that, you know, that hotel's got, like, 15 floors or whatever. I can pretty, just pretty much knock out a floor in 30 to 45 minutes, and it's just a fun, mm-hmm. like, transition game. And I'm at the point where all the all the floors are just kind of themed, and they're all really different than one another, and they're really, really funny. So I was playing that in front of my girlfriend um, the other night, and... Yeah, just several times we were both just laughing at the same stuff and just how clever and silly that game is and uh, it just never gets in your way. That's a lot of fun. So, nice. Um, and then went deep on Bloodstained after I finished uh, Star Wars and restarted that game, got into a real good groove with it, and uh, I'm really, really enjoying the Symphony of the Night homages that it has because it has just some of the... I mean, it's a different castle. It's a different setting. It's not, you know... It's not Castlevania characters, but but it is because they just pull some of the like the iconic things about the Symphony of the Night castle into this game, and because it's just so direct, I, I kind of love it. And uh, they also do a real neat thing with all the items that you pick up, and the way that it keeps track of what items each creature drops. There's always this like a non-essential use for it. Like you can make recipes of food to like combine all these different ingredients to make things that they they'll heal you but also like the first time you eat a new food it gives you a special bonus so it just kind of encourages you to keep trying new stuff and going back out to get new ingredients which Hmm. you're gonna go back out to try to level up anyway to get you know to to get different weapons and try different things it's just it's encouraging a lot of the kind of side activities that were you'd have to kind of create for yourself in saving the night but they've they've come up with gameplay reasons or ways to track that that progress where it feels fine to go kill that one dude seven times in a row because not only you're trying to level up you're trying to get his drop and you're trying to level something Mm -hmm. else up so um there's just more purpose behind a lot of the uh, repetitive activities which is uh super smart and it plays really well so good stuff nice except that it will not open on my secondary monitor really like it's still it was a Primary launch issue. Your bust, huh? Yeah. So I have to disable one monitor before I launch this game because it's the easiest way to do it. So. Oh my gosh. Yeah. PC gaming. Always fun. <laughs> uh, when it comes to the, especially just, just all the Japanese games seem to have a quirk or two mm-hmm. when it comes to PC. But yeah, I don't know what that's about. Anyway, moving on to change the games. Uh, what's been going on that? We have some suggestions for it. Um, this, I mean, ultimately, this is a good story. Um, you know, Riot Games has been in litigation here for a while, um, just ar- around gender discrimination and lawsuits with their employees that have, you know, even held up with how they're dealing with new lawsuits with their employees. 
but uh, they finally got they reached a uh, class action settlement, um, and they're essentially going to pay all of their female employees that have been employed there since 2014 um, additional money because they were basically found guilty of uh, gender discrimination in their hiring practices and their promotion practices. So that is a nice step forward for Riot. But the reason it still didn't change the games is I was reading through the settlement and just still shocked to figure out that like all of the leadership that was in place that basically made this a miserable place to work for women and uh, other minorities in the company, they're still there. Like they still have to, the people that were affected by this still have to work with these people. Mm -hmm. And there hasn't been any effort on Riot's part uh, to, to change any of that. And I don't think that Riot, Riot can really be reborn until they do something at that level. And maybe they can now because they, they've, they've talked about this lawsuit being started a while back was uh, affecting how they could make any active change currently. So it's what will they do tomorrow? What will they do in the next week? What will they do in the next month? Will kind of really show how much does Riot actually want to change. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, that was the the first thing that kind of came to my mind. Like, I'm I'm glad that you know these women are are getting something for the hell that they had to go through. Um, and you know, from from the reporting, it seems like it's um, a pretty decent sized settlement pool if it gets approved by the courts. Um, but you know, how do you put a monetary value on that kind of stuff? I have right. no idea. Um, you know, what's, what's a lifetime of being discriminated because of your gender equal, uh, payout from a court. But yeah, the thing that just kills me is not even like, not even just like a token, like sacrificial lamb of like, here's how we're proving that we're going to change. We're going to get rid of this guy, yeah. uh, who was part of this, this, you know, culture of, of discrimination. Um, but yeah, I mean. Uh, you know, you hope that they did learn from it and that things are going to get better. Um, but, and if they, if they are like, talk about that, like there's, I don't know. I I'm so desperate to have a, a good guy, <laughs> like a, a good company to root for because all these large companies just, they're falling apart before our eyes. Riot's never really been on the, on the good side. There's, they've always, They've always had, I mean, obviously this is from 2014. They, they've always had stories like this about how it's run, but I don't know, since they, you know, came out and announced a bunch of new games and they're going to continue to grow. They have a lot of talent there and you, you want those talented people to succeed, but you need to see, right. Take a few more steps. I think. Yep. Agreed. Uh, we kind of talk about this next topic, um, a couple, a couple weeks in a row with, uh, the announcement of half-life, Alex, uh, we talked about it indirectly. It's just kind of a state of VR right now, and I'm kind of curious where you're at too, uh, because a couple things happened uh, in the past week. Um, Facebook bought the Beat Saber developer, which I thought was really interesting because you know it's basically Oculus buying Beat Saber, which is arguably one of the most successful VR games out there. Uh, but I was, yeah, I was just kind of bummed of like, I don't think um, the that Beat Saber needs Oculus as much as Oculus needs Beat Saber. So that was, uh, that was my initial reaction to that. Agreed. Um, at, and then later in the week, uh, 
Phil Spencer is out there talking about uh, virtual reality on the next Xbox, basically saying that there is no demand for it. Nobody's talking about that, which, I don't know, you've never had VR on Xbox, so why are they going to be talking about it? But but also, this is Mr. All games on all platforms, like everybody should play anywhere they want kind of conversation, except like VR is not top on his list right now. Um, and then to counter all of that, apparently, after Half-Life Alex was announced, uh, the Index uh, sold out. So that device, like, quickly was sold out. I question, you know, how many, how <laughs> much hardware was, was actually my, available. That yeah. was going to be my first question. Yeah. The, they got rid of all 20 of them, huh? And I think I'm just less left with, like, I don't think Half-Life Alex is even the last swing for VR this generation. Um, I just, I feel like it's almost already, that ship's already sailed. I think it's just, there's got to be a, a bigger shift than what that game was offering for VR to have another leap. And I just, I don't know. I'm kind of, I, I like the experiences I like on there, but there's nothing really to be excited about on that platform for me. Yeah. I just, I, I I haven't seen the thing that's like, I thought Beat Saber would be it of the thing that's going to break through to the mainstream. Like, like we sports did. Mm-hmm. Like, like what is going to be that thing that convinces people who would never even touch a video game console, but played this thing with their nieces and nephews at a Thanksgiving get together and said, well, I want to keep doing that at my house. And I just don't know what that experience is going to be like for VR, but I know that it hasn't happened yet. Um, <laughs> I thought that I thought the quest would really push things further along. Cause I think that is like the most compelling package of, I don't need the, you know, $1,500 to $2,000 computer to go along with my VR rig, not to mention getting everything hooked up and, yep. you know, how intimidating all that was. Like the drop in experience, I definitely think is where everybody should be pushing towards. And I think like if PlayStation's next iteration of VR is not that, then that's a huge mistake uh, um, on their part. But yeah, I'm just, I'm still waiting. I, I want to know what, like, and you know, it's going to be something dumb. Like, it's going to be like Madden VR or, you I think? mean, I don't know, even like a golf VR thing that people really like. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It needs to be something that appeals to like that really broad, um, you know. The golf's, I think golf's closer than, than Madden in particular. But um, yeah. But so what I've noticed is they're not buying the the quest the my family is just assuming i will bring it like it's just like it's <laughs> yeah. just a fun thing that they can do for a little while i think the biggest i think the quest removed a lot of the friction of just you know getting everything set up and having a room dedicated for it and all that mm-hmm. uh but what it's really missing is like no one can see what that person is doing so right. it's funny for five or 10 minutes to watch that person flail about and then you want your turn. So then you need a short game to do that. But like uh, my niece was playing the quest for like 90 minutes, but you know, and people laughed at her for five or 10 minutes while she was off in the corner, you know, hooting, hollering and making and laying down on the ground. And I don't know what the hell she was doing, but, um, but then nobody wanted to try it. They'd all, they'd all, they've all tried it once and mm. it, you know, it was it was a nice, unique experience, but not something they're looking to get absorbed in. So, um, so I don't know. I mean, I guess that's what I was kind of struck by with Half Life Alex. I was like, that's not going to pull 
anybody in. Like you're not, yeah. you're, it's not going to convert anybody. Like, right. Like the people that already have the, uh, have the headsets or were on the fence about buying a headset for their already powerful computer, they might come over, but those aren't big numbers and they're just going to play the thing, but it's still going to be like Half-Life Alex is going to be way too complex or too, for, for people to jump in and get an experience out of. That's right. why, like we talked about, like Portal probably is a better fit for that. Uh, it's just not as, not as intimidating and can, I don't know, just the act of solving puzzles and stuff. I just thought we would have something, and I think it's really weird that we're getting Half-Life out of all of this too late, yeah. and and I just don't really have anything on the horizon in this space that gets me excited, so I feel like whenever this comes back again, it's going to have to be an even, it's going to be a different experience. It's going to be a lower friction device. I think it's more of the AR glasses and just something even... Like the technology has to get even simpler for people to give it a shot, mm-hmm. and and simpler and more shareable. And um, I do think you're onto something with the shareable thing because, like, I think about like in the office when we had our competitions that we used to do um, when I still worked with you guys, yeah. and like anybody could gather. Like, we would pull in just random people from random departments who would hear us like going nuts about something, and they would just sit around and watch us play, and like. It just naturally draws you in Mm -hmm. and VR is such a solitary isolating experience that you really do miss out. Like we drew people in with Wii sports because like we were playing and like laughing and having a good time and people wanted to see what, what's going on. And you know, then they're like, well, can I try? And it's like, oh yeah, it's super easy. Whereas like to like go to somebody like playing, first of all, you just like don't want to necessarily like be around somebody doing a VR experience because it is just awkward. Like it's yeah. just kind of an awkward thing to cut yourself off from the rest of the room and be in your own little world. Uh, quite well, I mean, literally. It was, it was even worse. Like, cause my niece really likes, um, job simulator and mm. she's gotten further in it than I have. Cause I haven't spent much time with it. So she's asking for help and I'm like, one, mm. I can't even see what you're doing. And I'm two, I haven't right. been that far. So I can't even, guess what you're seeing to help you just even she basically got into an activity that wasn't fun and wanted to get out and i was like i don't know how to i don't know how to get out <laughs> like uh uh you know i can help you with that racquetball game that i just got that was super cool but <laughs> <laughs> um yeah it was just like, kind of just seeing the vr news settle down a little bit after that half-life announcement's been interesting and like you know oculus has to still make their plays you know i just and I feel bad for the Beat Saber devs. That's just that was the weird reaction to that uh, announcement. But I don't know. The only thing you can hope for is that you know Facebook's got more money than they know sure. what to do with, so they give them some money and they can do something cool and they don't mess with them. But yeah, they're not gonna they're not gonna let that fail anytime soon. But I just don't I don't see the the needle moving either direction anytime soon. Yeah. Uh, let's see. That takes us to our featured topic, mm. which is the our good one. games of the decade preview. Everybody's doing games of the decade. <sighs> uh, Polygon's out there every week making cases for those bastards. Uh, should this game be uh, the? Is this the best? Or no? It was making cases for why this is the best game of the decade, and and I got riled up on a couple of them, and then realized, oh, they're doing a series, and they're just asking this question every day, just trying to get people riled up. So there is still in our horrible night slack, there is still a room 
that has a subtopic on it that is ranting about when Polygon was doing like the greatest like games of all time or something, and Justin got so pissed at them that he literally changed the subtopic to and fuck your games of all time list. Don't post them here. It's still there to this day. It's That's because they're not actually uh, it was, to... No, it was pure clickbait rage inducing madness. Which is where I get torn. I don't like ranking things other than to do a little bit of research myself and figure things out about myself personally. Like I like ranking mm-hmm. things for that reason and then comparing it to, you know, friends that I can actually have conversations with, which is why we we do it. Uh, but like I'm not out to make some I don't know, some really game changing announcement with uh with any of these. So I've been on the fence of whether or not we should do a games of the decade. I'm not promising that we will. Conversations have started though, because Aaron and I are trying to figure out how to wrap up horrible month for video games. And, uh, we are having the greatest games of all time discussion with that show kind of tongue in cheek. Uh, but I also was going through the archives and realizing our first Grimmies was the games of the year for 2010. Next year will be our 10th anniversary for the site, but also, it's kind of worked out. We've got a, a decade's worth of top video game lists from Horrible Night. So I was just kind of curious, like going through going through these, um, how hard this will actually be to put together. I'm not going to do it. We're not going to do it during the Grimmies. If we do it, it's a separate thing. It might be just personal lists. But uh, we also have you on the show. What do we determine? This will be your third Grimmies? Well, this be- this year in January will be my fifth. Okay, and my first was in twenty sixteen. Yeah. Okay. Because we were talking then, before the show, and you do not like. There's a lot. No, fourth. To, It'll be my fourth. Sorry. The one year you have a lot of issues with is our twenty fifteen list. Twenty fifteen. I remember I was told about it, and I think it got me so riled up that maybe that's why I started getting more involved with Horrible <laughs> Night, just so that I could bring some sanity to this madness because you were on the fringe in 2015 and then seeing us make poor decisions in your, in your mind might have pushed you over the edge <laughs> yeah i think that was i think that was how that went so uh yeah half of these you've kind of been loosely a part of and then half of them uh as it was a very different crew uh on on horrible night site so i'm kind of curious like um I'm, i'll just list off um the years here and then Maybe I'm trying to figure out, like, if you were to make a personal list, how many of these games actually get into consideration? So, mm-hmm. because we've still got 2019 to be decided. So, uh, I guess my question is more of, like, how much room do we have for a game for 2019 if you're trying to make a top 10 uh, list mm. for the decade? So, this is more, no one's going to be held accountable for the decisions on this show. Just this is a safe place. Let's we'll just react on the fly. We're not going to be weighing games against each other. But if I go back to 2010, um, I've roughly pulled. We, we've had a couple different formats, but I've roughly pulled, pulled our top five for each year. So, mm-hmm. um, and your personal list may have varied, but we'll just stick to the games on this list, and we'll see how many of them make it from each year. So for 2010, uh, we've got Mass Effect Two. Civilization Five, Fallout New Vegas, a little game called Red Dead Redemption, uh, and then uh, the World of Warcraft Cataclysm expansion. 
<laughs> which I've been reading some differing opinions about how that one word turned out, but it was my comeback. Life ruiner. So of those five games, how how many of those do you think make your conversation for the decade? Uh, that's hard. Um, I mean, me personally, yeah. only Red Dead. But okay. that's because I was very light. I didn't play Mass Effect 2. I did not play Civilization 5. And I didn't play Fallout New Vegas. I don't know what I was doing. Oh, I know what I was doing. 2010 is when I had my first kid. Okay. So I was kind of... <laughs> kind of busy? <laughs> I was kind of... I was kind of... Uh, caught for time there but. so you've got one from that list i think i've got two i think mass effect 2 uh and red dead definitely make my conversation so yeah 2011 we're looking at uh skyrim bastion legend of zelda skyward sword batman arkham city this is a lot more than five uh gears 3 portal 2 saints row the third none of those make it for me <laughs> huh Gosh, I could see man Saints Row the Third. I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and pick two for myself: Skyrim and Saints Row the Third. Wow. Um, you got zero, but but it's kind of like one of those things. Like how many? I can't pick two from every year. <laughs> like I've got like, there's got to be a year that doesn't have it. Um, is there anything else on the fence? I mean, I love Bastion. Skyward Sword is crap. Uh. Arkham Asylum is my Batman jam. I Arkham City's great, but uh, Gears Three was a pity addition. Portal Two would be the outlier, I guess, of yeah. those three. So, um, twenty twelve. I'm running out of room here. Uh, twenty twelve. We've got Mass Effect Three, Far Cry Three, Telltale's The Walking Dead, Dishonored, and XCOM. Any of those make your games of the decade list um again i didn't play mass effect 3 because i didn't play mass effect 2 so i felt bad about that okay um i would probably say it's hard so i think xcom is great and could potentially be on there um i really liked far cry 3 Mm mm-hmm it's just hard looking back at it now. I agree. Because I don't know if it still holds up as well, but um, I did really like it at the time. Uh, so is that a zero? Yeah, okay. I think so. Um, I'm actually going to go a little bit against our game of the year there, so I know how that how that went, but uh, The Walking Dead actually still makes my list. Mm. So just that that entire first season was something special for me so nice uh but gotta cut mass effect 3 that's that's a tough one for me um like <laughs> what was the joke at the time I was like i love 99.9 percent of that game <laughs> <laughs> uh and that fucking soundtrack uh, uh let's see penguin in chat what have you been XCOM uh would make a lot of our players list but not in particular us two i would say uh Skyrim, but yeah, I felt the same thing about Far Cry Three. Just didn't age all that well. It was yeah quite the transition. Uh, Twenty thirteen takes us to The Last of Us, Bioshock Infinite, Z- The Legend of Zelda: Link Between Worlds. That was the DS game uh, or three DS game, I should say. Uh, Rogue Legacy and Brothers. 
This was probably, uh, I didn't, <laughs> I don't think I played a single one of these games, wondered, except for I Rogue wondered, Legacy. I um, again, cause I had just had my second kid, uh, the year before that. Uh, yeah, I've played a little bit of The Last of Us. It's definitely like on, like at the very tip top of my list of shame of things that I need to go back and actually play. I own it. I just have not. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard when you do games of the year every year to go yep. fight an old game. Gosh, well, I think you're just saving up for later years because you got another zero there. Uh, definitely, Last of Us for me. I'm going to go ahead and say two of them and put Rogue Legacy up there. I still think that is yeah. just a found that is a phenomenal foundational indie game uh, that I still go back to from time to time. So, 2014. What a banger this one. <laughs> i even cut a game from this list that's how much i didn't like this top five <clears throat> that's amazing so a uh, wolfenstein the new order uh lord of the rings shadow of mordor uh hearthstone which mm-hmm. I, I can't remember where we landed on that that was a weird like the beta versus 1.0 release but it's mm. it's at least in the conversation here um, and and then far cry 4 Honestly, from that so from that that's my first zero. I just wiped twenty fourteen. I just could I couldn't remember off the map. Did we like New Colossus more than we like the New Order? I don't. I, did the New Order have the uh, like the ice cream shop? Like where you go in the no, town? That's, and the, that's New Colossus. New Order had I, fucking busting Frau's face up though. Oh yeah, damn. Did but New Colossus had the courtroom? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I like New Colossus better. So okay. yeah, that's a zero. Yeah, twenty fourteen. <laughs> Brother, what is it? Tale Brothers Tale of Two Sons, I believe, is the full title. But yeah, that mm-hmm. one. That was one of my most memorable live streams of all time. Because I finished. I finished. No, as I was getting to credits, it was like two in the morning, and it's a very emotional story. <laughs> um. And somebody, some random person jumps in chat and just says, I just finished the game and I need to talk to somebody that is just finishing the game. So he literally just came by to hang out until I finished the game so he could talk about it. <laughs> and it was... That's awesome. Those are those are some good days of Twitch. Um, where were we? We were at 2015. This is the uh, the last... What, how's that work? That would be one BR, one before Ryan... <laughs> uh so i mean I'm, I'm not really having a problem with my full list here but controversial year 2015 the witcher 3 wild hunt rocket league ori in the blind forest tales from the borderlands and bloodborne that's a good fucking year that is that is pretty strong so i've definitely at least got two i'm borderline three with bloodborne i think that is still that is the the, the souls winner for me yeah, uh, and it's aged real well. So I'm gonna definitely go, go ahead. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with three for now. We'll just see what how many my list ends up being. Okay. Uh, I would say there are two on there for me. Uh, Rocket League and what? Tales from the Board. Okay, <laughs> I knew I know what you aren't picking. No, gosh, just... Tales from the Borderlands is. Probably the best Borderlands game. I, I, I could get on board with that. 
Yeah. I could get it's on board so with good. that. That story is just so good. It is my second favorite uh, Telltale game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't know why. Yeah. Walking Dead's real easy for me to jump on, but Tales, oh, <laughs> with my, with my list. Um, yeah. If it wasn't clear, it was Witcher, Rocket League, and Bloodborne for me out of that, those five. Uh, 2016 welcomes Ryan Billingsley to HorribleNight.com with Doom, Uncharted 4, Tom Clancy's The Division, Hyper Light Drifter, and Titanfall 2. That's also a pretty good year. That's a real good year. year. It was. (laughs) It was. We had, like, just the mix of games that are in that list is really solid. Um, mm. That's why I surprise you. I'm carrying over one. Just one? Just one. Just Doom? Yep, just, yep. Really? The other was the other ones are great, but like I've got something better kind of in that category in my head than all of them. Like you're gonna take Rogue Legacy and not take Hyperlight Drifter? Uh huh. Yeah. Oh, that's dumb. <laughs> Hyperlight's way better than that game. <laughs> <laughs> it's way better than the number four I got that year. <laughs> uh I yeah, I would definitely put Hyperlight Drifter on there. Um I appreciate that. <laughs> uh I I think I would probably mm. man Titanfall two is just so close to being there, but the multiplayer just did not click with me, and that was such a bummer because it was best one of the best single player campaigns ever. Real good, so yeah, probably probably Doom and Hyperlight because that is not the best division game. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, especially because we have another one. Twenty nine seventeen. Apparently, doing some Marvel <laughs> math here. Um, so was that one for you? Just Hyperlight two or two? Doom. Doom. Yep. Doom was good. Yep. Doom's. I mean, I was right there with everybody else. Game yeah. of the year. So. <laughs> that, that is not a controversial opinion. Uh, another good year here. Twenty seventeen. <sighs> uh, Near Automata, Horizon Zero Dawn, The Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. I this is my fucking period. Year. <laughs> uh, Wolfenstein 2, The New Colossus, and Assassin's Creed Origins. I loved every <laughs> single one of those games. It was the, I mean, like, you look at that list and you're just like, I can't believe that was a year that we were allowed to, to enjoy. Uh, I mean, definitely near. Okay. Definitely Horizon. Uh-huh. Definitely Zelda. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm with you on at least three. It's so hard, like, because what you are we both going for? Are we both going for really freaking good? <laughs> like, I really, really like that one. We're both going for. We'll see. You've got room. I definitely don't, but we're going for. We're putting New Colossus up there. So good. And Assassin's Creed, not a bad, bad year either. No, uh, that was a good one. All right. And then 2018. We've got God of let's, War. Let's talk about an off year. Jeez. <laughs> what was video games doing? God of War, Celeste, Spider-Man, Red Dead Redemption 2, Monster Hunter World. Oh, I'm taking three. I'm taking three as well. Um, So I've got God of War, Celeste, and Spider-Man. What do you got? Same. Yeah. Only, only because... Yeah, I still like Red Dead Redemption One mm. better than I like Red Dead Redemption Two. Okay. All right, so 
math wise let's see what this does let's see like if we were tr- if we were theoretically trying to make a top 10 of the decade I'm not a lot ca- closer than you are <laughs> not counting 2019 yet i i meant uh let me do this math for me five seven eight i'm at 10 in 2015 <laughs> Yeah, you have, you have I've got 18 <laughs> without 2019 being included, and you've you took off half the decade. That's no fun. Uh, 12. Okay, so still, we've got some cutting to do. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, where did we go wrong, John? Let's see. Uh, big ups for Origin. Yeah, Horizon Zero Dawn. Man, th- man that that trio near Horizon Zero Dawn and Zelda. Like, Zelda's getting better with age, man. That is like... I know. I had some... My frustrations with that game was because I was trying to play a bunch of other games, too, which I think exacerbated some of the, like, the pacing issues with the weapons and that and the exploration. It's like, no, I I don't want to take the time to explore. It's like, turns out I do want to take the time to explore. Yeah. So I was just fighting uh, that game a bit, but it's... uh, Yeah, uh, that... So I've got four in 2017... My goodness, which, and then my other big years, 2018 has three, 2015 has three. What was our big difference? Yeah, I've got, I've got six games in the four years you took off. (laughs) (laughs) So I didn't even like, yeah, that was definitely during the era because Last of Us came out on PS3, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I didn't buy anything. Um, I never had a PS3, mm-hmm. and I didn't really have a computer. I had a. So let's look at those games. Like, so you even played Last of Us? Did you play Bioshock Infinite? Mm-mm. Okay. Uh, I mean, Zelda: Link Between the Worlds is a really damn good Zelda game. So yeah, um, you played Rogue Legacy. Brothers is worth experiencing. Just it was unique sto- storytelling. Talked about your Mass Effect problems. Um, yeah. Did you play Dishonored? Sto- uh. I don't know. I think I played like an hour or two of it, Mm -hmm. and then something else came out and distracted me, and then I never went back. Oh, I think I tried Dishonored two, and then really didn't. What about that Batman series? Uh, I played the first one, Asylum, Uh and I liked it a lot. Okay, and then I didn't play any of the others. Did you get those on? Yes, I have them all Uh, now on Epic. Yeah, that'd be that'd be a fun thing to revisit. Um. Mass Effect, Fallout New Vegas, Red Dead. Yeah. Um, I mean, Saints Row the Third doesn't doesn't hold up after basically it kind of changing the game a bit, too. Um, huh. I am... Uh, Shadow of Mordor, just, it, that's like my biggest faller. Because that was like 2014, that rough year. I it was, a, it was flipping a coin between Wolfenstein New Order and Shadow of Mordor for me, but I was more... Like I was pushing for Shadow of Mordor to get a, get higher. I just didn't have the backing, so I gave up in the end and let New Order win. Mm. Um, but you know that was that mechanic. We thought we'd see a lot more in that Nemesis system, and we didn't end up seeing it. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't have as I think that because the Shadow of War sequel was just I kind of bounced off of it. It kind of diminished my opinion of that franchise. That's kind of the uh, the biggest surprise for me that stands out. Uh, but I just I just don't know how. Any game on this list beats Rocket League, so that's <laughs> where it's where I'm at. Uh, I am really surprised 
Uh, it must not have landed with you with the crew that was around that Grand Theft Auto Five is not on this list. Mm-mm. Like Mm-mm. the most profitable game of all time did not make the cut in 2013. I mean, I think Aaron played it. Josh played it. So that's 2013. Yep. Does it, I'm going to see if it even shows up in our overall list that year. So hold on. So we've got game of the year. I'm browsing our, archi- our like archives archives. Because <laughs> uh, it was, I mean, like it, it definitely pushed some new territory with the three characters mm-hmm. um, and kind of switching no, during those point of views. It didn't make it didn't make the our top. We did a top five that year, and it didn't make the in the top five. Wow, uh, crazy! I don't know if it would have won much. So, um, yeah. Uh, so I know Aaron would have played it, and Josh would have played it. I don't. I don't think Ethan played it, or mm-hmm. he didn't. Yeah, he didn't care for it. And then I had such a bad GTA Four experience. I was like, Nah, I'm not doing this again. <laughs> so. And I just didn't really like um, Trevor. Like, kind of really put me off from a... Yeah. Like, I don't really want to spend time with this world. I really don't. Um, <laughs> so, that... Uh, if th- that gives you any sort of insight into my... Like, what I like about Rockstar and what I don't. Like, I, I, I prefer Red Dead storytelling and its world building to GTA's. Yeah. So... Uh, cause, I think it's better. Because GTA... It's a lot better. What? Red Dead storytelling, oh, sure. world building is a lot better. But because I almost didn't play Red Dead One because of GTA Four, so oh wow, so I, there was no way I was going back to another GTA with. Also, I just didn't like the yeah. Well, of, and you skipped out on the really good GTA that came out in 2016 that is also not on this list, which is Watch Dogs Two, which okay, was actually yes, really good sure. and had good characters and that's fair. Was a lot of fun to play. Sure, uh, I thought it was like no, I played. Chinatown Wars on my DS. That was a good game. <laughs> I don't know what year that came out, but I enjoyed that one. So, all right. What else are we doing on the show? We're going to talk about what's good in video games. Now we got games of the decade sorted out. Um, <laughs> sounds like you'd be interested in going down that rabbit hole a little bit further. But yeah, that'd be fun. Got to almost figure out how to resolve a couple of those 2011 to 2014 games for you, though. Um, yeah. Um,. Yeah, so news is kind of light in November and December for video <laughs> games, uh, but we've got a couple shows that we or topics we want to talk about before the end of the year, so we kind of pulling pulling stuff out of our hat here. But I don't know. It was, you know, the holiday season is upon us. Everybody's shopping for their games. You know, I don't really have um, holiday video games anymore. Well, I pl- the games I play now during the holidays are games to wrap up games of the year. I'm just like mm-hmm. burning through stuff and trying to playing completely different differently. And also I, it's this time of the year. I realized like I'm impossible to buy for if you would like to gift me a game. Cause I, oh. cause I have it. <laughs> got it. <laughs> I don't know what you're thinking, but, but I got it. <laughs> um, and so I was, but so I, was, I started reminiscing over like, what games do I actually associate with like kind of gift giving? holiday season like either stuff you've unwrapped or or the thing that you you know you waited for christmas to be over so that you could play that game and um the first thing that actually jumps out to me is like zelda kicking off the holiday season because uh ocarina of time and i think another one of the major zelda releases they tended to come out in november 
Mm-hmm. And I would play those over Thanksgiving break because, you know, you have those days off of school and whatnot. But it was also like, then I would rush through Thanksgiving because I would want to get home to play that game. <laughs> and uh, so when I think about the holidays and video games, like Ocarina of Time is the first game that kind of jumps out to me that like, that's all I did for November and December of that year. Uh, because that game was just, you know, such a, such a foundational, amazing experience. Um, but I don't know. Does anything jump out at, to you at all? Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing for me is probably, um, Christmas was when I got, uh, all of my Nintendo consoles, like, yeah, like were gifted to me at Christmas, including, when I got my Nintendo Wii, okay, the first year that my wife and I were married, that was what she got me for Christmas that year, That's and funny. I was like floored because um, they were like still kind of hard to get a hold of um, at that point because they were just selling like crazy. Um, so I was I was amazed that she got it, and then we just played it like played it for a bunch. Then it was like seems like such a like long ago time when me and my wife just sat on the couch playing video games all day and there were other codependents that needed our attention and uh time uh but yeah that like just doing that and then the cool thing was that year we went um and stayed at her aunt and uncle's house that live up in valpo um and a bunch of her cousins had gotten them too and so like we just played like for a straight week like we were just playing Wii Sports, and um, I don't even know if we played anything else besides sure. that, but just played that, and then they had um, Xbox 2, so we played some uh, Halo uh, split screen, but yeah. I think that's those are the big ones. I think the Wii is a big holiday standout now. Like I said, I think the last the last console my parents were actually able to be involved with, with me in the holidays would have been the original Nintendo. Mm. because I had to sell all my Nintendo stuff to buy the Super Nintendo on my own. Oh. And then a similar thing happened so that I could buy Nintendo 64 when it launched. And then ever since then, I've had a job and buy the things when they come out yeah. because I have no self-control. Um, <laughs> but the, the Wii stands out as a holiday system for similar reasons to you, but like that was the thing that I was, I was just excited to take that to f- like family gatherings. Like mm-hmm. it, the Wii to me wasn't about playing with my friends or playing games with people that play games. It was, it was playing games with people that don't normally play games. And it had at least two holidays of I'm taking this with me where, wherever I go. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the other game that was going along with me was rock band right around that same time. So I was, yeah, man, I needed to, I filled my trunk with gaming (laughs) stuff no matter where I was going. So yeah, Rock Band over the holidays was, yeah, because those are just games anybody can play and have a good time with. Um, Yeah. And yeah, the the Nintendo, that was definitely a, that was a holiday gift. So some really, you know, some really standout Super Mario Brothers memories because that was, that was very much, before I got good at video games and like really got into them, mm-hmm. I was kind of at, you know, an equal playing field with my family. So we were able to play Super Mario Brothers as a family and just, you know, my parents were, were having as much fun with it as me and my sister. And my sister was better yep. than me for a long time. Um, There's a little bit of that uh, with the Game Boy 
when that came out because I think I think my sister got that for as a holiday present, and then everybody was into Tetris. Like the whole family oh, was yeah. super into Tetris, so um, that was fun. I was just trying to think of. I still had like I always kind of after a certain point in the Super Nintendo's life cycle, like kind of handpicked. It's like no, you need to get this game. It's over here. It's like I was very specific because because yeah. I wasn't I was a jerk as a kid and. The one time my mom tried to like surprise me with a game, I said, "Oh, this is great. Let's go trade this in for something else." <laughs> oh, <laughs> so yeah, kids can be ruthless like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I haven't changed. You just don't know. You no. just don't know when you're a kid. Yep. Yeah, but I don't know. You've seen me in Slack. I'm still kind of that way with certain things. <laughs> uh, opinions about certain games. <laughs> um, trying to think if like if there were any like coming home for the holidays from college. Uh, and playing something with your friends. I remember um, PlayStation 2 era playing a bunch of the sports games because we had a bunch of people in town. Mm. Uh, like I, For whatever reason, Major League Baseball Slugfest was a holiday game at one point. Really? As a... I feel like everybody else was having some nostalgia with the Nintendo 64 and then realizing we were officially done with GoldenEye and I had my PlayStation 2 with me. So we tried to play some new, different stuff. And that was basically the, you know, the NFL Blitz take on baseball. And yeah. anytime you got caught in like a, a rundown, you could just choose to fight your way out of it. And uh, I was really good at that. So um, I never really ever hit the ball. I just walked and then stole my way to home by beating everyone up on the field. That's what I remember <laughs> about thinking. So that was. You just, you definitely just reminded me, like, speaking of, like, of friends and holiday gaming, that was, like, the the tiny little seedling that I did not would grow into the fandom that I have now of playing Winning Eleven Seven on the PlayStation 2. Oh, and yeah. And really into that game. And um, I think after I started playing that is when I got really into the World Cup and it kind of just slowly grew from there. But yeah, we used to play that a lot. Um, and then we would we would usually over Christmas break would do we would have a big like a uh, couple day like land party at my friend's house because he had like a ping pong table. So we would all go set our computers up on his ping pong table and play, um, you know, a bunch of Half-Life oh, and Counter-Strike. You're right. No, that was that was. That late high school, early college was prime land party time. Yeah. Yeah. And I would bring my computer home from college and play some Unreal Because I remember I was at, what did we play? I was at some big land party and we were playing, it must have been Counter-Strike and Warcraft 3 and Starcraft. But it was a night that like the beta or the demo for Unreal Tournament I want to say 2003, the first one of the mm. year numbered ones came out. So we were downloading that as we were playing. And then, yeah, that became my jam there for a little bit. I forgot about those. Yeah. Those land parties were totally, totally that era. Uh, the last good times, the last things I'll mention are both Nintendo related in that Cole and I were real close uh, around the Nintendo 64's launch. And we were, we both bought that when it came out in the fall. Um, but that, Next year or two, I want to say a year and a half, 
the next holiday season, they released that uh, that RAM expansion pack. Mm-hmm. And um, we wanted we wanted to use it for the second Rogue Squadron game, I think. I think that was mm-hmm. the one that was really pushing it. But anyway, that holiday break, we had to go track down an expansion pack and nobody had it. We ended up at a local Sears to buy that thing. I was like, I didn't even know you sold video game stuff, Sears. <laughs> uh, but yeah, brought that, no, bought that expansion pack for Turok 2 because that game ran like garbage. And we thought oh. that, that would help. But we also played the Rogue Squadron game. So all the kids are saying, what the hell's a Sears? Right. <laughs> what the hell's a mall? <laughs> um, and then similar experience um, would have been the winter that the GameCube came out because I didn't buy it right when it came out because I wasn't sold on it because Nintendo, you know, the end of the Nintendo 64 was not pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, but Cole basically goaded me into buying a GameCube that holiday break because <laughs> that became one of our like foundational stories for Horrible Night and foundational like editorial series that I would write about was called You're Gonna Get It Anyway. Uh, which is just <laughs> nice. It's basically a series about me talking about why I didn't buy a video game the day it came out and then why I eventually convinced myself. But the GameCube is totally that. He's like, well, it's like, I mean, you don't have to get it today, but you know that you want one and you're going to get it anyway. So why wouldn't you get it today was basically the <laughs> argument. So, yeah. Uh, but we, long story short, I went to buy that to play whatever that, uh, I think it was Rogue Squadron 3 Rogue Leader was like the, yeah. Know, because GameCube, GameCube was pretty good at those graphics. That was like kind of the last time Nintendo tried to play uh, at the same level as everybody else. So Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, we're just going to talk about Star Wars this entire show. Uh, last, <laughs> last topic here. Um, just piggybacking off of... I, you, don't ne- you don't have this problem. You tend to, I would say, finish... Finish more games that you start than most around Horrible Night. Uh, Aaron, for whatever reason, thinks he's like one of the worst at it. I mean, he plays a lot of games, but he also finishes a lot of games compared to others. I'm, I yeah. Go ahead. I, I don't know why. He, I don't know why he thinks that. I mean, he he. I mean, he's probably to the order of three, maybe four more games he's playing than I am. Yeah. Um, so even if he's finishing a very small percentage of that, he's still finishing a lot of games. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've not had a good year at finishing games, but honestly, like it's a little bit of a 2019 problem of like, that's yeah. Push me to finish these games, but it's just like, um, that feeling of actually completing a game. And I'm trying to think of games that, where your opinion is basically changed from, I don't know. I feel like when you get, you know, a third of the way through the game, you have an opinion about a game and Mm -hmm. that's kind of a point where you decide, well, am I going to stick with this or is this just it? And I'm thinking about games that where you kind of have a bad opinion about them or a mediocre opinion about them that it changes for better, for worse uh, when you actually push through in the credits. Cause you, what I was thinking about was you've actually pushed through some games you'd actually don't like. Like Rage Two yeah. stood out stood out to me of like Yeah. I feel I like I definitely beat Rage Two and hated <laughs> every second of it. Why 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 would you do that? Why did I finish I, I I really feel like I finished Rage Two so that I could stand with absolute certainty 
about why that's a bad game. And that anybody who came at me with, well, did you finish it? And I could say, yes, I did. And it's miserable. And I was miserable and I did not like it. Um, I really think I was just being really stubborn. And I think I was kind of just really mad at 2019 at mm-hmm. that point. Because it just was, it just felt like, yeah, like that, that was that one of the, the first ones I was excited about. Yeah, that wasn't the first one to do that to you either. Yeah. So I think it was, it New, was New Dawn was bef- right before that. Right. Uh, which was like, yeah. in comparison, not bad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. Right. But uh, yeah, I, I was just thinking of like, I've done really well the last couple of years about pushing through a lot of games in November, December. I wish I had the discipline to spread it out more over the year, but like, man, when you, when you finish a game and it, and it feels good and like you, I was like, I, I have a thread that is in our Slack channel, just streaming all of my thoughts about, uh, the final act of, of star Wars. And I'm just, yeah. I'm just, I'm just I'm wait, like really waiting. motivated to just like, like, I can't wait to finish it just so that I can jump in there because I want to hear what you had to say. But, but like, that's the other weird thing is we'd always finish games at the same time. So, I don't know. I, uh, it isn't video games, but like, I finished Glow Season 3, I don't know, a month or so after you had. And it's just like, mm-hmm. there's this very small window when both people are excited to talk about the thing. And it's yeah. why, like, we had some success with our spoiler night podcast, but like, to get timed up of like okay we're both going to finish this game at a time when the conversation is super active so i've just taken yeah like i definitely had that with astral chain because i'm pretty sure i'm the only one who's finished it and i like had so many things i wanted to talk about and i'm like well nobody is nearly everybody just got kind of started in it but nobody has actually gotten that far in it so but yeah it's hard it kind of goes full circle back to what we were talking about the top of the show with tv shows and weekly releases and like it is nice when you can synchronize those times to talk because it is really fun to just like go back and forth. It got me thinking about like, why would you finish it any other time? Like, like we have these kind of arbitrary milestones for our site just because, you know, we want to talk about current games and talk about our games of the year. Like that's kind of the big driving force, but like, I don't know if we treated it more like a, a game club where we just kind of picked a game for, a month or so played at the same time yeah because i always think about like what would i what would i be playing right now if i uh wasn't trying to finish these games because oh gosh something came up Uh, as i got stuck in a world of warcraft hole for a while and finally broke out of that and then some game it was just one of those things that some game some franchise went on sale and i was like oh i need to i want to return to that i wish i could you know sink another 20 hours into I don't re yeah, I don't replay games. Like most of those games yeah. on that list that we just discussed, I haven't ever really had a chance to go back to, unlike a lot of the retro games that we, we used to play growing up where you've I've either played a game once or I've played it like ten times. There's really not much in between. <laughs> right. Yeah, for sure. Um but uh yeah, we'll be finishing a lot of games uh towards the end of the year. But uh, it's also like I don't know, the you, you said it with rage, it's important to f- to finish a game whether you like it or not if you want to actually kind of know where you stand on it like not every game yeah. deserves it but i completely understand why now i'm going to push through this bad game to see if it's really as bad as i think it is and now i can for myself i can say with convention conviction what it is yeah. um and man on the other side of that i'm having a lot of fun now going back and looking at, at criticisms of 
Star Wars and knowing where I stand related to some yeah. of those comments. So I've been avoiding those until until I'm done. But I, yeah, I'm ready for a fight. I do I do a good job at doing that uh, normally, but uh, I caught some some Jedi reviews that were all over the place, like just really differing opinions. And there's yeah. a couple in particular that um, normally, if I was on the fence about a game, would have put me off. And then now that I'm on the other side of it, I'm just like, what the. F- well, what were you even talking about? Like you're <laughs> That's my fear. Yeah. All right, well, let's uh wrap up the show with the hype train. Not many, you know, not many game releases here in December. Um Stardew Valley had a recent update and has taken over my house once again. So uh nice. fair warning to everyone out there. But uh yeah, a lot of quality of life improvements uh in that game apparently, and that's on PC and consoles, that update. So um nice. So next up on my list, like I said, I've been playing Bloodstained. I think I've gotten to at least where I need to get with that game um, to be able to kind of figure out where it lands for me. So the next two big ones, which I think I can play in tandem, ironically, because I think they came out around the same time, uh, I, as I'm looking forward to jumping back and forth between Control and Astral Chain as kind of two very prioritized games to finish. So I basically made, mm-hmm. made a small list of games I have to finish and then another list of games that um, I need to play more of that I won't necessarily finish. Cause I like, I don't know how you actually finish dragon quest builders too, but the way that I play uh, stuff like that. Yeah. I, I don't know that that's going to happen for me as well, but uh, you got anything you're excited for? Um, what are you going to play next? I don't know. I'm, the, I'm in the same boat as you. I mean, I control is the one that's like hanging out there of okay. like the one I really want to finish. Um, but yeah, uh I don't other than that. There's a there's um, a new season of Destiny 2 I'm about to start. I can't <laughs> I can't can't do that again. Can't prioritize that. No. Uh Coop keeps talking about we might do the zoo, so Oh yeah. I don't yep. know. I don't know if we'll ever actually carve time out for that, uh, because we have like some two of the worst schedules when it comes to that kind well, of stuff. They also- but- be on the lookout for Gifford. He's trying to get to in game. I saw that. I saw that he was he was trying to climb up to uh, World Tier Five. So that would be that'd be fun. I know but, you can gift him some gear too to help without. Oh man, that was the best discovery. Uh, that's why it's the best division. But yeah, no, definitely control. Control is is up there. And then uh, I picked up Katana Zero mm-hmm. during the autumn sale. Sure. On Steam. So I'll probably fire that up and play that a little bit. That is better than you think it would be, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Then uh, I guess final shout out to, uh, if we weren't playing a bunch of other stuff, I probably would actually get back into, I'd love to co-op the Halo Reach campaign, because that actually comes out this week. But uh, that's real hard to prioritize. So (laughs) That would be a good, like, January, February kind of thing. Yep. As we get ready for Iceborne, right? No? Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's really cold out there, Monster Hunter World. Um, that's going to do it for this episode of the Night Force Action Report. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us live in chat, and we will catch you next week. See you.